Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm. Swarm and tackle. Attack. We got out block them. We got out tackle them. We got out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. Welcome in. It is week seven of the college football dream preview here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview Network. I'm AJ Hoffman, joined as always by Scott Seidenberg. Hello, Scott. How are you, my friend? 50 straight days of football continuing college football when it's not NFL. There's football every night. It's great. There is a ton of football to talk. So before we get into the games, we've hardly discussed what happened last weekend. So couple things the Texas Oklahoma game this is a to say Scott you were right you were right thank you um Texas is going to look back at that game and say how did we not win this game like cover maybe maybe not Mm -hmm. that's a game Texas should win eight out of ten times and poor coaching decisions late like playing for field goals I mean and really, turnovers. The three turnovers were the difference in the game. Well, here, Texas statistically dominated that game. Here's the, the positive to take away from it. These two teams are going to play again. More than likely. And they're going to play again 30 miles away from where they just played this game <laughs> yeah. when they play in Arlington at Jerry's World. Is it even Arlington? Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah. They're going to play there and for the Big 12 championship. So this is not... And the winner... And the winner is going to go to the college football playoff. Yeah, more It's than either going to be... It's either going to be an undefeated Oklahoma team, assuming they don't have a hiccup, or a one-loss Texas team that avenges their loss to Oklahoma. Yeah. Because looking at the schedule for both of these teams, they're going to be favored in every game they play for the remainder of the season. Now, I want now you we say there, you know, it, Texas. I believe if they go, if they run the rest of the table and win the Big Twelve championship, they're in. If Oklahoma loses to an, uh, some random ass team and then wins the Big no, Twelve, Oklahoma, and has no Oklahoma loss, no. I don't think that. I don't think so. No, Oklahoma has to. Now, a win over Texas in the Big 12 championship would help them, but they're going to need help elsewhere. Yeah. Oklahoma, but but like I said, they'll be favored in every game the rest of the season. So they need to take care of their business. Assuming there's no hiccups along the way, and we have an undefeated Oklahoma team and a one loss Texas team in the Big 12 championship, the winner of that game is going to the college football playoff. And the big difference between the two is the non-conference. And Texas has a win over Alabama, yep. which is as good as any win in the country. And Oklahoma does not. So, Correct. Uh, that would be the reason why Texas, like it, Oklahoma doesn't have, a, they can't have a slip-up game. No. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying they can't get in if they slip up, but it's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. There, especially with the Pac-12 being good this year, the ACC looks like they're pretty solid. You know the Big Ten and SEC will at least have one team. So, uh, but I, I do think Texas. You're right. If they if they take care of business the rest of the way, they're still in. Now we've got to talk about Miami. This is fireball malpractice at the highest degree, and it's not the first time Mario Cristobal's done this. He did this against Stanford when he was at Oregon. It cost him a game. It cost him a game here. It cost Miami an un- unbeaten season. I, I mean. The the I mean I the upside is, oh they land a, a five star recruit the next day, 
I don't know how there's no five there, stars. Not like what, what are there's you no talking? upside. This is a fireable offense. You cost your team a win because you were unwilling to kneel the football down. But they're not going to fire him, is what I'm saying. But it they, should be a fireable offense. They're getting players like they mm-hmm. haven't had in years. How does the team respond? Because this is one of the big questions, and we're going to ask a lot of these questions as we preview these games here in Week 7, because there's a lot of teams that need to respond after performances last week. How does Miami go on the road to North Carolina, and how do the players respond after having a win taken away from them because of the coaching decision? And you can say all you want, well, if replay maybe showed that he was down and it wasn't a fumble, I don't care. Take a knee, the game is over. It was the, the the it was one of the strangest decisions I have ever seen, and I'm I was shocked there wasn't a mutiny amongst those players. I mean, there were tears on the sideline. I mean, it was there was obvious frustration, pain, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I don't, and we'll get to their game here in a little bit, but I don't I don't know how they recover from that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get up the next day and say, "Yep, let's do this. Everything's normal now." I I, I don't know how that happens. So uh, it's something to watch going forward. Um, I wanted your takeaway on, and this was a game that we got right in the contest, but when we looked after the fact, this was one of the most picked games the other way, Alabama A&M. I'm shocked. I don't know why people were picking against Alabama. I mean, the money was down Alabama all week. Like it was almost a pick them. But then it came back and it closed it too. So people the sharps came back late on Alabama. I don't understand the love for Texas A&M. People... Are they just continue to disrespect Jalen Milrow because he's not Bryce Young, yeah. because he's not Jalen Hurts? You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it because Jalen Milrow throwing the ball down the field is doing an excellent job. Jalen Milrow is running not all the time, but when he needs to, and I, I just feel like Alabama's defense is going to shut down every team they play against. Even an offense that's playing well under Max Johnson at quarterback for Texas A and M. I'm sorry, I just I never I never had any doubt in this game that Alabama was the side to play. Well, it ended up going that way, and uh, A and M. If a couple plays went different, maybe you could make an argument they it could have been in that game, but it felt like that was Alabama's game. Uh, so I do think Alabama's back. The number on them this week suggests that the market believes they're back. Yeah. So uh, something to watch going forward as well. All right, let's jump into. Well, can this. we just can we acknowledge the heartbreak that we suffered last week with the the pick six with thirty seconds left, costing us the cover for, for Missouri? Yeah, the LSU Missouri. Listen, we've had some bad beats. Um, That's the worst one. It's up there. So I had that in the contest. My biggest wager last week was Colorado State first half. Minus one. Mm-hmm. They, tie, tie game at the half, yeah. They were up 17 nothing. They got blown out, too. I don't, they didn't score in the second half, right? They didn't. Yeah. 17 nothing. I needed them to be up one at the <laughs> half. And I'm, I was already counting it as a win. And not only like they, they blow that, and then they blow the, the, the full game, too. Just a pathetic showing by Colorado State. All right. Enough crybabying about last week. Me. On to this week. Uh, four and three in the contest, by the way, picked up some ground. Were, like it was a rough week for a lot of people, including yeah. the guys at the top. I well, mean, when you looked at the top most selected plays, and you saw, you know, Texas A and M, one of the most selected plays yeah. lost. You saw a couple of other games that were highly selected that lost. So 
Uh, it wasn't a great week, but it was a winning week, and yeah, hopefully gained a little bit of ground. Well, the, the guy in first place was one five and yeah. one, so yep. we, we picked up some ground at least on the field. Uh, all right, let's jump into this week's games. Let's start with the defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldog, Georgia, minus thirty one and a half at Vanderbilt. Total sitting at fifty six, and Georgia looked like Georgia last week against Kentucky. That's what we've been waiting for. And, man, Vanderbilt just can't seem to find any momentum. This was supposed to be a year they they were at least expected to be feisty. They're not feisty. No. They've now lost five straight by two touchdowns per game, at least two touchdowns per game. Uh, Last two matchups between these two teams, 55-0, 62-0. Feels like it's going to be one of those type games. Sure could be. Uh, Georgia has a bye next week before yeah. the cocktail party against Florida. Carson Beck coming off the best game of his career. I think they heard everyone talking about him. They heard everybody talking about how this Georgia team was not right. This Georgia team was was just cruising through, and they decided, hey, now's the time. This is the this is the game. We're gonna break out, and we're gonna show everybody what we're capable of. That we're still Georgia, and they blew them out. They blew out Kentucky. Absolutely, it, it was it was a master class. And I think that this is not going to be a you know a monster performance by Georgia. They're going to do enough to win, but Vanderbilt's not going to score anything. They're going to cover this game because they're going to win 35 nothing. They're not going to score 50-60, but Vanderbilt's not going to score anything. So I think 35 nothing that covers the 31 and a half. I I would think so. The team total on Vanderbilt 12 and a half under. Under 12 and a half. Yeah. They're only going to get they're going to get one touchdown if that and it's going to come in the fourth quarter. It's like a pity touchdown. All right. Uh I lean Georgia here. Uh I I like what you're saying about that team total under. I do think Vanderbilt has a hard time getting points on the board. I'm I'm scared with Georgia with a bye next week like they could just blow them out. Like they but they will. They, but it's going to be I'm, I'm telling you right now, Georgia's going to score. They might, it might it's going to be 28 nothing in the first quarter maybe. 35 nothing at the half and then they just put the they put like backups in and just cruise in the second half. All right, let's look at the Big 10. Indiana. They suck. Plus 33 and a half uh-huh. at Michigan. A uh, total of 46 and a half. Have you noticed? Teams feel like they're going in oper- opposite direction. Have you noticed the difference in Michigan? Oh, ever, oh yeah. For, ever since Harbaugh came back? Yeah. They're angry. So Harbaugh comes back and 45 7 over Nebraska, 52 10 over Minnesota. He's. Laying in the end zone, taking a picture with the team after after a big defensive play. Uh, Michigan is going to win. They're going to cover. They're going to continue to roll. Put up a big number here against Indiana. Uh, I feel like these these guys are headed in opposite directions. Like I said, Indiana was non-competitive against Maryland uh, a week after needing overtime to beat Akron. Meanwhile, Michigan, two straight wins by five or more touchdowns. Yeah. Indiana is allowing 156 rushing yards a game, and that's including a game they just played where they played Maryland, who didn't even try to run the ball, just chucked it around all day. Mm-hmm. Michigan's going to get whatever they want on the ground. I would look for, like, Blake Corum props in this game. Here's what I like. Michigan is so efficient, and I say this with an expectation that Indiana might not even score. Their team total is 65 <laughs> it could be the same thing, like I said, 35 nothing. I like the over in this game. It's The total's at 46.5. Michigan's I, probably going to score 45. I, I think Michigan scores 45, yeah. and if Indiana kicks a field goal, it, that's fair. It's, it's, a, it's a cover. That's so. fair. Uh, all right, let's stay in the Big Ten. Ohio State minus 19.5 at Purdue. I 
hate Purdue. Uh, my best bet last week was on Iowa. And you know how much I hate betting on Iowa, but that uh-huh. was an easy winner for us. I cannot picture a world where I'm going to the window with my hard-earned money and saying, this week I'm going to lay 20 with Ohio State's offense. It just doesn't feel good to me. Okay, last week through the first first half plus, you could have said the same thing. Yeah. And you say, you know what? Because we were texting each other. We're like, oh, my goodness. Ohio State sucks. Like, this is – like, how are they – they're losing to Maryland? Like, this is – in the third quarter? Like, they're not co- – they covered the number, AJ. Well, it depends on where you got the number. Like, there was 19 and a half. There was 21 Closed at 17. Yeah. They won the game by 20. That, I mean, a bunch of money came against them. That, that, that's yeah. That's part of it. But um, I, it doesn't make me feel any better that they scored 10 points in the last few minutes to cover. Like this offense is not very good, and but somehow this Ohio State team can't run the football. Why? Like I mean, all Only we talked sixty-two about, rushing yards last week against what is, Maryland. What is happening in Purdue? All their flaws—they're allowing just two hundred twenty-six yards per game passing. Ohio State's one of those teams that I'm expecting eventually to have a breakout game. I don't know when it's coming. Kind of like Georgia did. Yeah, but I. I wouldn't expect it to happen right before the Penn State game. I can tell you that. Would you lean under 49 and a half here? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because this is a fade. Of, I mean, I, th- I think Ohio State's defense is excellent. Even last week, they, they gave up some points to Maryland, but Maryland's going to put points on everybody. Yeah, but they also locked it down in the second half. Exactly. I, I, I think this is an under game for sure. 49 and a half, not a, not a huge number, but I, I, it's the only way I would look. I can see that. Um, all right, let's look at your boys, the Orange, Syracuse. Catching 17 and a half on the road at Florida State. Uh, total here is 56 and a half. And the ACC schedule makers continue to drive it deeper into Syracuse uh, as they get their third straight top dog in the ACC. They couldn't hold up against North Carolina or Clemson. And I think Florida State's better than both those teams. Syracuse yards per game is sitting at 422, and you think, oh, that's a pretty good number. They put up such good numbers in non-conference against Colgate mm-hmm, and Western mm-hmm. Michigan and Army. The last two weeks, their their offense has been trash. Schrader's failed to get to 200 yards each of the last two games. Last year in this matchup, Schrader threw for 65 yards. 6'5". Not 265, not 160, just 65. Yep. I like Florida State here. I think the smarter play may be the under, though. Syracuse, a pretty good tackling team. Again, I, I but I don't know how they're going to move the ball. Like, I, I don't know where Syracuse's offense comes from. So, I guess I lean to Florida State. I, I like the under 56-and-a-half here. The only thing that I have a little bit of caution going against that under is that Garrett Schrader kind of called out his offense uh, after the North Carolina game. The, the quote was, um, we didn't have guys ready to play. And that's that's damning. That's on everybody. Yeah. And I I always, you know, I look at something like that and I say, how does the team now respond to their leader calling them out? It's one thing for the head coach to say something. It's another thing for the quarterback to say something. They're heavy underdogs. You know, you mentioned Florida State with, with what they have coming up and, and their schedule. And, and I, I think that Syracuse, they're going to lose this game. They're much better at home than they are on the road. Uh, but... I just caution against the under because what if the offense does rally around Schrader and what if they take his comments and it could be one of two ways. 
those comments can be disruptive and the team can just kind of quit and, fumble and, and crumble within itself. Or they fight for each other. And they say, you know what? You're right. We looked like shit against North Carolina. We got we got to we got to bounce back. We got to have a much better but much better week of practice, and let's go out there and let's 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 put up a number against Florida. State. But is it a mentality thing, or is it? Oh, look, they've played two good teams. Those two good teams held them to nothing. Yeah. They played yeah. a bunch maybe, of bad teams, maybe. and the offense looked great. I, I mean, you may be right. Maybe maybe I'll just steer clear of it. But yeah, that's that's the only way I'd look. Uh, let's head to the SEC. We talked in the beginning about Alabama. Alabama, nineteen and a half. This is a funny game. There's 19 and a half, 19s, 18 and a half. So mm. uh, find the best number here. This got all the way to 20 at one point I saw. So uh, like I said, shop around, find the best number that you can. And um, the total in this one, again, it's all over the place. There's 46 and a half up to 48. 47 seems to be like the median there. So uh, we may be getting to the point where Arkansas is just not any good. They have lost four straight games now. The offense is bad. Dan Enos has not put in a good scheme. The offensive line is giving Jefferson no time to work. And the run game, the last two seasons at Arkansas, they averaged 232 yards per game running Mm -hmm, the ball. mm -hmm. Great number. This season, 115. Less than half of what they've been doing. Alabama's now covered three straight after that disappointing effort against South Florida. They're starting to make odds makers believe again. This line's hard for me to get to from a power rating standpoint, but I'm certainly not running to back Arkansas, uh, even though I'm, I'm looking at my power rating and saying, oh, I'm getting value on Arkansas here? Eh, I'll, not for me. Uh, this is uh, a lean Bama, lean under game, just because I, I don't know where Arkansas's offense is going to come from. Alabama beat him so bad last year, Jalen Milrow got in the game. So he's got experience <laughs> against Arkansas. Uh, also, they K.J. Jefferson did nothing against them last year. Threw for 150 yards. It, it was an embarrassing performance. Sam Pittman is on one of the hottest seats in college football. I don't know if he survives this until what next year. You hire your friends. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he lasts until next year. Um, Alabama at home. Coming off of uh, the performance at Texas A&M, avenging the loss that they had from two years ago, the last time they went to Kyle Field. This home crowd hasn't seen them play since the Ole Miss game. It'll be rowdy. It'll be raucous. I think Alabama takes care of business and covers the big number. I- I'm-, I'm very down on Arkansas. All right, let's head to the Pac-12, where the Cal Bears, plus 13.5 at Utah, total sitting around 45 uh, and I like the under in this game more than anything. The line feels about right. Yeah. We still don't know about Cam Rising, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, there's been a lot of injuries with Utah. It's not just Cam Rising. They've got a ton of injuries on offense. I've been kind of looking for a spot to back Cal. I faded him last week, and it worked out well. DJ Uyunglele played one of his best games ever. Um, but they, they've run the ball well. But Utah does a good job of stopping the run. And even against Oregon State, Cal did a relatively good job of holding down the run game. Uh, I I like the under in this game. Um, Utah wants to go slow. Their offense is still not very good. Both teams are going to try to run the ball constantly. Utah goes slow, and Utah has a stifling defense, particularly at home. If I could get a 14, maybe I'd consider a Cal play. But as it stands, I think I'm just going to say that this is an ugly game and, and lands below the 45. What do you think? The one thing that, again, 
I, I I love Utah in this game. I caution against the under, and and maybe the under is fine because Utah's not going to give up points. But much like um, the talk was about Georgia and them not looking good and then not performing, and then they come out and they you know explode. There's been so much talk about the Utah offense, so much that Kyle Whittingham's answering questions in his press conference about the offense, and it's not just about Cam Rising. And it's not just about Nate Johnson. It's just about the play calling. It's about the execution. It's about the lack of explosive plays. I wouldn't be surprised if Utah, after their bye week, has a big-time offensive performance in this game, kind of like a silence the critics type game for the Utah offense. Yeah, I mean, again, this boils down to kind of like I asked you last time, do they have the players to be good on offense without Cam Rising? I don't know mm-hmm. that they do. And if Cam Rising's back, I keep saying this, his first game back, I, I want to fade them because people are going to be so excited about him, and I, I don't think he's going to look like what we expect him to look like. So, um, yeah, and, and plus Utah, they, the way that they play is not conducive to mm-hmm. putting up a lot of points. The most points they've scored all season was 31 against Weber State. Yeah. That's it, 24-20, the 31 against Weber State, 14-7. and the offense is getting a lot of criticism. Yeah, I, I and both both these defenses are solid. They're I, covering this game, by the way. Utah's winning by two touchdowns. You think so? At least, yeah. I, I would only play Cal if I if I could get fourteen. I, I think this number feels right. Uh, boy, here comes a game that is hard to call. UMass <laughs> plus forty two and a half. James Franklin knows the number at Penn State. Total is fifty six. James Franklin always knows the number. Um, does he want to get to it tonight or, or in this game? That, that's the question. They've got all well, I can tell, on deck. I can tell you what we can do is we can we can wait till they're not covering in the first half and then pick them in the second half because Probably. He, that's what he does. He rallies this team at the half, and then they go out there and they cover a big number. Penn State, I, I, will, I will continue to say this, and I said it when you and I were talking during the Ohio State performance against Maryland about how poorly Ohio State looked. And I said, Penn State's beating Ohio State. Without question. I said, that, Penn, Penn State's beating them. Like, like I, I don't. ready to jump on that number. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. Like, the, the everyone just brushes Penn State aside because it's Michigan, Ohio State. No, 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 no. It's Michigan, Penn State this year. It, it, Penn it State is. is the second best team. And they actually might be closer to Michigan than people think. There's a difference. between The difference in those three teams, the, one, the thing that Ohio State's missing is physicality. Mm-hmm. And it, it, Penn State is a bully, man. They are bullies up front. Which worries me for UMass. Obviously, a lot of a lot of physical advantages here, but and this UMass defense allowing 454 yards a game, they are dreadful. I don't know if they can score at all against Penn State. Um, it, it, but here's the question: Is there a reason for them to want to run it up? No, they've got Ohio State no. on deck. No, uh, I think Penn State's going to take the air out of the ball in the second half, but I think they keep the pedal down on defense, which kind of makes me lean to the under because I I think UMass might not score at all. Yeah. And there's no reason for Penn State to put up 56. Well, it could be 56 nothing. It could yeah. be, but it, it seems like once you get to 45 mm-hmm. nothing, you start. You just say, "Let's control the ball. Let's run this clock out. Let's get to Ohio State." Current odds to win the Big Ten: Michigan, the favorite, at plus 125. Ohio State at plus 230. Penn State plus 320. I mean, Penn State's the best value on the board. Uh, let's look at the game of the week. Two unbeaten teams. Home field has to matter here, right? I would think so. Uh, Oregon is a three-point dog at Washington. I've got these teams equal in my power rate. And this this is a pick I'm on neutral. 
That's the only reason why Washington's favorite is because they're home. This game was in Eugene, Oregon's three-point favorites. Well, remember, Washington won by three at Autzen last year. Yeah. Revenge spot. Which, see, it makes me like Washington. I And here's why. I like Washington's coach better. I like Washington's quarterback better. I like better. their quarterback better. And but Bo Nix has a really good campaign, though. The billboards in Times Square. <laughs> Let's face this might be, like, the winner of this is maybe a front runner for the Heisman. Yeah. Because I got news. Caleb Williams is going to lose games. Yes. Uh, the winner of this game, I, I think you you can look at and say that's the front runner to win the Heisman Trophy. Right now, Penix is plus 210. Boy, if only somebody has a 16-to-1 uh, ticket in their pocket. I know we don't like to talk about it in the pocket, yeah. but that is, one, that is one that is folded up nicely in the folder. Uh, Caleb Williams plus 230. Bo Nix, 6-to-1. Dylan Gabriel has shot up. He is now 12-1 to 1 as the fourth favorite. He flipped with uh, Quinn Ewers yes. after this last week. So You're right. If, if Bo Nix and Oregon win this game, he'll be a lot closer to Penix. Um, the Huskies are getting back Jalen McMillan, who they've missed. Mm -hmm. He is, for a team that's got a ton of great wide receivers, he is the best of them. Uh, Penix, Penix played so well against Oregon last year. He outplayed Nix in that game. I think both these teams have offensive success. I, I don't understand how a, this game could go under. Um, 67 is the total. Yeah. How's last year, last year it was uh, 71. Yeah. 70, it was 37 34 last year. Yeah. 71. Points. How, how's it go under? It seems like that's exactly what's going to happen in this game. Like a hurricane has to hit. <laughs> yeah. like, may, maybe. I have no feel on the side. This is. I can't wait to watch this game. I would lean towards Washington. I like the over, like you mentioned. But this is a field goal game regardless of who wins. The team that has the football last is the team that's going to win this game. Right now, I'm looking at the, the odds board, and there's some reduced minus threes. Like a, Circa has a minus 105 on mm. Washington. Uh, so you think there's no chance? That online has no a chance against two and a half. I think it could get to two and there's a half. There's no chance. They wouldn't do it. They'd get hammered with money. That's what I'm going to wait for. Okay. Uh, well, if it's there, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but at three, it's a no play. But you know why? Side. You know why three is not the key anymore? Because this game could easily go into overtime, and if sure. you get into the third overtime, it's a two point conversion battle. Well, in the second overtime, you have to go for two after the touchdown. But if you go into the third overtime, it's just two point conversions back and forth. So you got a plus two and a half on Oregon, and you get into that double overtime, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Yeah. And then you go into the triple overtime, it's an automatic winner. Yeah. So the, the three is not almost the key. The two is the key, in fact. Give me a Washington minus one and a half. <laughs> now you're dreaming. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's look. Well, I think one more thing to say about Oregon. Is it fair to question strength of schedule for Oregon? Like, it, it, is it fair? But to they say, played Colorado. Yeah, they played Colorado, number nineteen in the country at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, so is it fair to question the strength of schedule? Yeah, they haven't played anybody, but they still look great and physically. They're 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 they will oh, they will have the physical edge against everybody that they play against, except for maybe now against Washington. Oh, I think against Oregon State too. Like from a phys, like especially from a physicality. I don't know. Standpoint. Oregon's line, Oregon's offensive line is like the, and defensive line. They're like the biggest in the country. All right. Uh, and Washington, they haven't played. I mean, Boise, I guess, is a tough game. Uh, the Arizona wins actually looking better at winning at Arizona now, but I, I'm, I'm not sure. This game's going to tell us a lot, though, uh, and I would say the winner of this game, front runner to win the Pac-12. All right, SEC, where it just means more, Texas A&M plus three and a half at Tennessee. Are you – like me, a seller on the Vols, or uh, has the price on A&M gotten a little steep? It's open at six. 
as someone who bet against A&M last week, do I now want to be on them this week? Yeah. As much as I, like, didn't like the way that they performed last week, I don't know. It's like a hard thing for me to do is to be on a team that I was just against the week before. That's a we, smart thing to do. I, I know, but we know that Neyland is a tough place to play. Obviously, the game is in the afternoon, which is a little better for the road team as opposed to a night game in Neyland, which I would just automatically take Tennessee in that in that aspect. I think this 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 is a close game. You're getting north of a field goal here, which is beneficial for Texas A&M. Uh, if I look at the total, I, 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 I lean over. I think both of these offenses can score. I think we have like a, you know, a 27-24 type game, something like that. Here's one thing I took away. Well, that would away. only be 51, but something yeah, I we took have to go away higher than that. From the A&M game against Alabama. In a game that they allow plays down the field. They do, but you know how many times they sacked Jalen Milrow? Seven. Yeah, they get after him. They're going to get after Milton here, who and Milton is so bad when there's a pass rush. It's like he he doesn't know what to do. Um, he holds the ball for too long. All season, I've said this Tennessee team, this like the hypo offense requires timing, and Milton doesn't have it. Yeah, but but the plays that Mil that that Milrow was able to get down the field last week, I think Milton will be able to get down the field this week. I I, I just think that there, it's it's might not look pretty at times, but there might be like one or two chunk plays that are going to be the difference in you know Tennessee scoring or not scoring if they. Catch them down the field. They're going to put up points. I wanted to bet A&M here. The thing that's going to keep me from doing it is Tennessee's coming off a bye and A&M's coming off a game against Alabama. And I always say, like, when you play a team like that, you're beat up. And sure. It, I, I, it's I like playing against the Baltimore Ravens. And then the next week, you're yep. like, ah, crap. I, I don't want to back Tennessee or back A&M. I'm certainly not back in Tennessee. So uh, it, it, this is a – this feels like a, a spot where – I think the Aggies can keep it close, but I'm a little nervous with uh, them playing Bama last week. All right, Big 12. Kansas minus three at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State maybe turned a corner, uh, beating Kansas State last week. That's certainly a, a, a big win for them. Kansas coming off a absolute bludgeoning of Central yeah. Florida. But at least Oklahoma State now has a data point you can feel good about. Uh, my worry for Kansas is they've been a much different team on the road than they've been from home. On the road, they got trucked by Texas. And on the road, they had to survive against Nevada, who's terrible. That's their two road games. Now they've got to go to Oklahoma State. Uh, Bean's going to get the start. I don't know. I mean, I think he's a drop-off, but I think it's a backup. He's pretty good. It's a backup quarterback yeah. with a lot of experience. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not the end of the world. And especially given the game he played last week, he looked pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. I'd like to take the pokes as a home dog here. My power and rankings don't get me anywhere close to it, though. Uh, so it's going to be a stay away for me. But I I wonder if Oklahoma State may have found something last week. Or this could be the major letdown spot sure. after the huge win. Um, but they do have an extra day to prepare because they played on Friday. So extra day, whatever that means, a little extra rest. I always like fading a team that comes off a big upset win because it's it's just emotionally a letdown. There was a Friday night on campus, and they beat a ranked team yeah. in their building that they were heavily underdogs to. If they lose that game, what's this line? Kansas minus five, five and a half. I'd argue it's probably more. 
on the road? That's a good point, but if Oklahoma was 2-3 and three and they lost and didn't cover against yeah, Kansas State at maybe. home on a Friday night, this maybe. line is definitely going to be higher. So I, I would it's Kansas or, or nothing for me. All right, Louisville. Louisville. Minus, Boy, you want to speak of a letdown spot. Yeah, minus 7.5 at Pitt. Listen, Louisville just beat Notre Dame. Clearly their best result to date. That felt more like a flat spot for Notre Dame than a great Louisville game. I'm still not convinced Louisville's good. And this is some, I, as someone who's got like a, a season win total over on them, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still not convinced they're good. I, I don't know if this Cardinals team is one I'm looking to lay more than a touchdown with on the road. Pitt sucks, but they did, they finally did the smart thing and benched Jerkovich. Like he, he's, he's becoming a tight end now, I think. He's been taking reps at tight end. Yeah. He sucked. And it's like great at Boston College, and he was good at Notre Dame too. He just uh, sometimes you're just not put in the right situation. Also, injuries derailed his development as well. But the problem is, this Christian Valu, who came in and fill in work last week against North Carolina, he looked terrible too. He threw two picks. His QBR was one, just one. That's it, one. Betting both these teams feels gross to me right now. Betting Louisville as a seven and a half point favorite feels gross. Betting Pitt at any number feels gross. I'm just going to avoid it. I would expect money to come on Louisville. Mm-hmm. So I think if you like Pitt, you can wait. Uh, but That's fair. It, it, this, is, this is a game I've got no interest in because I think, I, I think both these – I think Pittsburgh's bottom hasn't been seen yet, and Louisville is not as good as their record says. So I would lean towards the over here because uh, Pittsburgh gave up like 40 points to North Carolina. I mean, if you, if you can't stop North Carolina, you're not going to stop Louisville. Um, they give up 38 points to Virginia Tech. Yeah. Like, th- this defense is really not stopping anybody. Um, I-, I think Louisville can put up a number here on Pittsburgh, and if Pittsburgh's competitive, then this game's going over. All right, let's go back to the West Coast. Arizona catching eight at Washington State. Ultimate letdown. There's some ultimate letdown spot. There's some uncertainty about who's going to play quarterback this season or this weekend for Arizona. Delora might be back, but... Noah Fafita was just named Pac-12 Freshman of the Week. Played great. Uh, after nearly knocking off USC. But that's why I don't want to back Arizona here. They played Washington tough. Mm-hmm. And then they played USC to three overtimes, came up just short. Washington State's going to cover. Now they've got to go to Wazoo. But here's the other thing. Wazoo, coming off a loss to UCLA, mm-hmm. they're at Oregon next week. This is a sandwich spot for Washington State, mm-hmm. too. I mean, I don't trust. I like the I know. spot is it's, terrible it's, for both these. The teams. spot's terrible for both. I'd rather be, I'd rather be backing the team that is looking to right the ship after the loss, like Wazoo, as opposed to the team that's coming off the emotional letdown, knowing that they should have beaten USC on the road because they had that game. Yeah, they should have gone for two in when they scored the touchdown in, in the first overtime, uh, and then the play. What, oh, a, what a you run a decision. toss sweep? That's what you do on the two point conversion play. By so the dumb. way. I mean, Cristobal saved Jed Fish because he would have gotten a lot more shit for yeah, that exactly. decision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I guess it's different also because Arizona's not going anywhere. It's mm-hmm. not like you're going to playoff. Like, I'm, why I'm, not go I'm, for it? I'm on Wazoo here. I think it's a bounce back spot for them and a, a huge letdown for Arizona. Yeah, well, spot. I don't like the spot for Washington State either. I'd lean to them, but I, I, I can't back them with in between a loss to UCLA and a road game at Oregon next uh-huh. week. It's, it's a, it's a pass for me. Auburn at LSU, 
Total here is 60. LSU uh, is now 6-0 and to the over. Nice. Double-digit margin over. Mm-hmm. This week, I'm not tempted to play the over. Uh, Give me the points, baby. Give me the points. I'm on Auburn. You're liking Auburn here. Yeah. I, my concern is this. LSU's getting an opponent that they should be able to slow down because Auburn, Auburn can run the football, but they cannot pass for anything. Peyton Thorne has hit the 100-yard <laughs> passing mark against an FBS opponent once this year. That was UMass, and it was like 150. Mm-hmm. As long as LSU's facing a one-dimensional opponent, I feel like maybe they can be at least not pathetic on defense. But I don't really know. Uh, I know the offense for LSU is going to be there, though this is the best defense they're going to have seen this season probably since Florida State. Auburn, last time we saw Auburn, they put up 20 points against Georgia, lost by seven. They've had an extra week now to prepare for this game. I think that Auburn is going to be able to score in this LSU defense. We know how pathetic LSU is on defense. They just had a big-time come-from-behind win, got the lucky cover with the pick six. Thanks for reminding myself, Scott. Uh, But I like taking the points here with Auburn because even if LSU does come away with the win and we know that playing at Tiger Stadium at night is, like, impossible, so I'm not going to say Auburn's winning this game, but I do think they can keep it within one score. The worry is if they're ever down two scores – how are they going to come back? How yeah. do you come back when that's your quarter? But it's LSU's defense. One handoff, yeah. and you're running for a 60-yard touchdown. Maybe you're right. Uh, speaking of the movable object and the resistible force, USC and Notre Dame. Notre Dame's winning the game. They might. Uh, USC's an act. They're an absolute fraud. Um, they're going to lose multiple games. I've been banging the drum that they're not that good. They're not mm-hmm. that good. Um. Now, by the way, the, uh, the point spread now two and a half. This has bounced around. This has been three and a half at points. It's been three, now two and a half as we record this on Tuesday evening. Um, it, Notre Dame, though, they're not good either. When we look at Notre Dame, like I, I think this is what it boils down to. We'll look at Notre Dame's defense. Will they be able to hold down USC's offense? And will Notre Dame's offense be able to score against this terrible defense? I feel like the answers are maybe. <laughs> And yes, so Sam Hartman should be able to have a decent game here. If Noah Fafita can put up numbers against his defense, I would think Sam Hartman can. I I don't like USC hasn't made any adjustments on defense. No, and it's they all they don't want to. They don't care. Plan is we're just going to try to outscore you. Yes, they're not going to change their stri- their stripes. I, I lean to Notre Dame here. Um, it, I hate their offense though. They like it's been three or four weeks since their offense looked like it was even serviceable. Mm-hmm. But again, they if you can't score on this team, I don't know who you're going to score against. Like maybe maybe Freeman needs to be fired if he can't put up points on this team. Well, maybe Tommy Reese wasn't the problem. Maybe. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I would lean to Notre Dame here. You like Notre Dame too? I like Notre Dame. Yeah. This you is like- a bounce back spot for Notre Dame. They're back home after a couple of weeks on the road. And the it's the atmosphere. It's a primetime game in South Bend. And the last time we saw them in this spot was a game that they should have won against Ohio State. And I think that they have a, this is the, you know, this is the, what is it? The jeweled shillelagh, right? Yeah. This is the rivalry spot. This is the one that circled on the calendar. You win this game, it, it, it corrects, it, it changes everything. It erases the last two losses. You can feel good about this season knowing that you beat USC. 
So I think this is Notre Dame knows they're not going to the college football playoff. There's no conference championship to play for. This is the season for Notre Dame against USC. All right, let's look at North Carolina minus three and a half hosting Miami. North Carolina feels like uh, maybe the best team in the country that no one is talking about. Mm. Am I wrong in saying that? Like, it feels like they're better than they're getting credit for. And the defense is legit. Well, you know what I'll tell you? I'll tell you what. That Brown guy can sure as hell coach a football team. He he does all right. Yeah, he does he does okay. And the, the big knock was Gene Chizik coming in and coaching the defense. Yeah. The, the defense has been good. Mm-hmm. And now you got Drake May getting Tez Walker back. Uh I think the offense is just gonna continue to improve. And this this is the other thing. I don't know how Miami bounces back from what happened to Yeah. Him. I don't know how you can come back from that and feel like I don't know how you can believe in your coach after that. Um and beyond just the mental aspects of it, like they had five turnovers, they, including three picks for Van Dyke. Why were you even in a, a game against Georgia Tech? Mm-hmm. So maybe that showed some flaws. On top of it, Miami has Clemson on deck next week. This feels like a good spot for the Heels. I, I think they're a buy-on team in general. I like North Carolina minus three and a half. I like North Carolina a lot. I like them at home. Uh, I like their offense. I like the fact that we haven't seen Drake May need to do everything with his arm. They've rushed for 13 touchdowns this year in North Carolina. He's only thrown for eight scores. It's not like he's throwing for 15 scores already this season. So I think if they open up the passing game a little bit, get in the end zone vertically as opposed to running the football, the sky's the limit for this North Carolina offense. All right, let's look at the SEC. Oh, no, I guess you got a best bet on this game, huh? Yeah, yeah. We'll move that to the end then. Okay. We'll stay. We'll go Pac-12. We'll go UCLA plus four at Oregon State. I don't like UCLA on the road. I don't either. This just missed my best bets. Okay. I will be on Oregon State this week. UCLA is coming off that big win against Washington State. Now you got to send a true freshman quarterback on the road again, and we saw it against Utah. He was he turned into a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Oregon State and Utah have a lot in common. Tough tough place to go on the road. First of all, great defense. Uh, and they are going to take away the run and make Dante Moore beat you. There's rain in the forecast, which I also think benefits the home team here. Oregon State has more physicality, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier. DJU maybe played the best game of the season last week against Cal. He was making like NFL throws all of a sudden. Uh, I think this is a great spot for Oregon State. I like them minus four here. I don't hate it. I just don't like UCLA on the road. I don't like. I didn't like what they, what I saw at Utah, and I have real concerns about them in a primetime game going to Corvallis and winning and, and coming away with a win. And the spread's low enough that you like Oregon State. Yep. All right. Uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State plus three and a half Yuck. at Duke. And I don't know about Riley Leonard's status. That's I don't thing. either. But I, you know, I what? can't touch this game without him. I can. I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. I'm going to be on Duke minus three and a half. Okay. The, the question on Riley Leonard's huge. I don't know if he's going to play, but Duke is more than just Riley Leonard. This is a team that's been playing top-level defense. Well, yeah, Elko's got the, the, Elko's got this defense where he wants it. And now you're sending MJ Morris in against this defense mm-hmm. because, remember, they benched Brennan Armstrong. Yep. He turned it over three times last week against Marshall. Mm-hmm. And this Duke defense will absolutely punish you if you make mistakes like that. Duke, top five in yards per pass allowed, 
I think even if they don't have their quarterback, this ends up being a strong play on the Blue Devils here. So I like Duke minus three and a half. I, I mean, on I, it. I, fine. Without Riley Leonard, I, I, I'm worried. But if he plays, oh my God, this is a home run. Yeah, of course. If he plays, the spread goes up tremendously. So you can get the good value now if you think he's going to play. If you think they're going to be extra cautious with him, then you see what they you see what Duke does at quarterback. But I'm, I'm going to play this assuming he doesn't play. And okay. I, and then if I'm he does, you got shot. you got the line value. All right, that wraps up the top 25, except for your best bet game, yep. which we'll get to here in just a second. Uh, but before we get to best bets, Scott, help people save some money at pregame. Yeah, go to pregame.com, and if you are not a pregame.com member, what are you waiting for? Just sign up for free and get your free $25. But after becoming a pregame.com member, which most of you should be, well, then you could use our promo codes and get discounts on anything you want on the website. And that could be a daily best bet package, or you can get some money off of a season-long subscription. But look, I think getting an entire card and taking money off of that is going to be your best way to utilize our promo codes aj's card last saturday went eight and four and if you used one of our promo codes you could have gotten that for ten dollars it's a good deal that's a great deal when i put out you know a three-star best bet for 25 bucks guess what use our promo code get it for ten dollars it's a pretty good way to save some money right so yeah so here's what you got to do go to pregame.com and when you check out use the promo code victory 15 because here we don't hand the football off we take knees Victory formation. That's right. Victory 15 is going to save you $15 on any purchase at pregame.com. I'm going to give you a weekday, a weekday game for one of my best bets. I've got okay. two best bets. I'm going to give you SMU minus 12 at East Carolina. Smoo. Smoo. Smoo's a bully. Uh, they smack around bad teams. And good news. East Carolina's, Carolina's a bad, bad. team. <laughs> uh, and they particularly look good against teams that don't have physicality. And... We've seen them. We've seen them go against like SMU going up against Oklahoma and TCU. They couldn't do things the way they want because they don't have the physical advantages in those matchups. Here they will. And this East Carolina is so bad on offense. 117th on offense. Defensively, they're weak in the secondary. They're 123rd against the pass. Mm. That's bad news against this SMU team. If they can get any kind of offense going, East Carolina can't catch up. SMU was one of my G5 darlings coming into the season, and they haven't lived up to that hype. But I think that OU and TCU game have only battle-tested them. That makes them better against these bad teams. East Carolina has already been blown out by App State. They got blown out by Marshall, two teams that I have lower in my power rankings than SMU. I think this is an absolute smash spot for the ponies here. So SMU minus 12 will be my first best bet. All right. Uh, I'll go back to the top 25 for my first best bet, and it is the primetime game at Kroger Field in Lexington, number 24, Kentucky, laying under a field goal against Missouri. So Kentucky minus two and a half. Both teams are in need of a bounce back after crushing losses last week. Missouri blew the two-score lead, and Kentucky got blown out by Georgia. But the positive is that Kentucky's home in this game. So they have that benefit of being in front of their home crowd in a primetime atmosphere. And I expect the offense to be in much better positions against the Missouri defense and not have to panic like they did because they were down by so many scores against Georgia. They'll be able to get back to the running game. Ray Davis, despite doing nothing against Georgia, still leads the SEC in both rushing yards and the rushing touchdowns. He also has four receiving touchdowns. And so he's going to get this offense back on track where Devin Leary just – was inept 
last week against Georgia, but everyone's inept against Georgia. I also think the focus all week for Stoops is going to be on the passing defense because they looked bad against Carson Beck and Georgia. And we know that Missouri's strength is letting Cook throw the ball. So I think if the focus all week is going to be on your passing defense, I don't think they have to worry a lick on offense. I think getting the Missouri defense is going to be uh, a respite (laughs) as opposed to seeing what they saw last week in Georgia. So I think with the running game and with an emphasis on their defense against the pass this week, Kentucky gets the bounce back at home. I like this too. Um, And part of it is – now that we we see them, lo- we saw Missouri lose to LSU, and we also saw Kansas State lose to Oklahoma State last week. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking, well, what's Mizzou's big win? Like, who have they beat to to make them to make us think that they're any good? Well, I and it took it, it took it took a sixty yard field goal right to beat Kansas to, State. To beat Kansas State, yep. yeah. So maybe this team's just okay, mm-hmm. and they've they've had a fortunate schedule so far. So. And I just think Kentucky's got more versatility on offense. Missouri's not going to be able to run against against Kentucky, mm-hmm. so it's going to be one dimensional. I, I, I think this. I, and I also think you're getting a, a you're getting Kentucky pretty cheap because they just got embarrassed. Exactly. Um, Discount price. So I, I, I like Kentucky here minus two and a half as well. All right, my best bet, and this is my favorite one of the week. Mm-hmm. Miami, Ohio, minus eight and a half at Western Michigan. Miami of Ohio is going to play in the MAC championship game. Uh, they have been dominant so far in MAC play, particularly their defense. They played Kent State and Bowling Green so far. They've given up a combined three points in those <laughs> two good. games. That type of defense is going to keep you in every game. And Brett Gabbert has looked awesome. Twelve hundred and thirty yards passing, twelve to three touchdown to interception rate. Western Michigan had to go with a third string quarterback last week, Hayden Wolf. And they were also missing two starting offensive linemen. They were missing running back Jalen Buckley. And they played Mississippi State. What did I just say about these teams that don't have as good of players playing against physical teams, SEC mm-hmm. t- caliber mm-hmm. teams? They're worn down the next week. Western Michigan has allowed over 40 points in each of their four losses. Their defense is going to be bad all year because they're just bad. The only win that they've got, so far came against a bottom feeder in, in the Mac ball state. Miami looks nothing like a bottom feeder. Red Hawks already went on the road, got a win against a power five team in Cincinnati. I don't think this trip bothers them at all. Give me Ohio, uh, give Miami of Ohio to keep moving toward this Mac title game. Uh, I, I think they absolutely hammer Western Michigan here. Brett Gabbert better than his brother. No, not yet, but he's pretty good. Yeah, he's probably the way for that, the Mac. He's pretty damn good. Blaine Gabbert's little brother. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> he's he's pretty good for a Mac quarterback. All right, this is my best bet of the week. So my favorite play of the week: the Rutgers Scarlet Knights laying five at home against Michigan State. MSU is just a mess. We know they're a mess. Uh, backup running back Jordan Simmons was just announced as the third player to enter the transfer portal since Mel Tucker was fired. We have the Spartans, yes, coming off a bye week, but what does that mean? They're rusty. They're they're playing just their second road game of the season. They've lost seven of their last eight road games. The offense is pathetic. In their last three losses, their last three games, all three losses, they've scored just three touchdowns. Here's what the touchdowns were. A pity fourth-quarter touchdown against Washington, where Washington was up by 40 points, and they were like, all right, whatever, just score. Go ahead. They had one touchdown in the third quarter against Maryland, And the only touchdown that they scored against Iowa last week where you're like, oh, but they were winning. It was a defensive touchdown. Mm -hmm. 
The offense has two touchdowns in three games. How are they going to score against a Rutgers defense that ranks 14th in the nation in total defense, 7th in the country in red zone defense? The Scarlet Knights have also only allowed three sacks on the season, second best in the country. They have the ninth fewest penalties for a game. They're 10th in passing defense, 10th in fewest turnovers surrendered, 13th in scoring defense, 23rd in turnover margin. Plus, it's homecoming in Piscataway. Oh, my, the memories it brings back, AJ. (laughs) Oh, if I can just go back to that basement. Uh, So, Rutgers undefeated at home this season. This is the 89th homecoming game in program history. They are 54-33-1. That's 63% on homecoming weekend. Last year, defeated Indiana 24-17 on homecoming. Rutgers wins this game, covers against Michigan State at home on homecoming. That's my best bet. I looked at this game, and then I said, am I really going to bet Rutgers laying points? <laughs> and I couldn't make myself do it. I mean, Look at what happened last week, though. Everything if, you said is right. If not, if not for a pick six at the end of the first half last week, it could have been a much different game against Wisconsin. And you're right. Wisconsin scored 24 points, but one of those, one touchdown came on the pick six. Rutgers was going, that's a 14-point swing. Rutgers is inside the 10-yard line going to score a touchdown at the end of the half, and instead it's a touchdown the other way? Think about that. Instead of it's 24-13 final, let's give Rutgers seven more points. Let's take away seven points from Wisconsin. Rutgers wins that game. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't hate this game. Um, Again, it's it's one of those things that just it's a mental uh, hurdle for me to get to Rutgers as a favorite. I mean, I I played Iowa as a favorite last week, though, so anything is possible. And and I know people, like, laugh at Rutgers because offensively it's like they're pathetic. We know that. Like, they're not flashy. The the quarterback is not good. He can run the ball, but for some reason they just don't have design runs for him except when it's like third and two and they, they run him out. And it's like, hey, that play worked. Why don't you do it again? Uh, but their defense, this is a Big Ten defense. This is a legit defense. Like, Michigan scored 31 on them because, like, that's Michigan, right? But uh, they scored, you know, 17 in the second half. So, like, Rutgers, can, they can stop anybody in the country defensively, and I don't trust Michigan State, again, an offense that has scored two touchdowns in the last three games combined. Yeah. All right. I, uh, I, I can endorse this play. I'll it's only five. It's under a touchdown. Yeah. They got to win. They're going to win. So, Rutgers probably wins this game 10 nothing. Probably so. <laughs> probably. The under may be a good look. Too. Yeah. All right. That is going to do it for another episode of the College Football Podcast here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview Network. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Spread the word. Let people know hey, you want to talk some college football? You want to hear, uh, hear some good handicapping? Send them here. Send them our way. We appreciate it. And subscribe to Straight Out of Vegas AM because we preview the games that are happening every night. Every freaking day. Yeah, every so, day. Every uh, er day. We're in here every morning letting you know what's going on. So uh, check that out as well. And uh, good luck this week. And we will talk to you guys next Tuesday.